well. So extremely excited about that. Pay attention. Um, so extremely excited about that. Look out for. You could stop. I could take it. <laughs> so back to you, Molly. <laughs> Well, we see professionals of all kinds to take care of our own well-being. It's doctors, it's dentists, it's surgeons. But our next guest says having an investment advisor is just as important. How about that? The financial analyst, financial advisor, financial consultant, financial planner, investment consultant, or wealth manager are generic terms or job titles and may be used by investment professionals who may not hold any specific credential. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. Today's episode is all about the difference between a retirement planner and an accumulation advisor. And team, this is how I thought about it. L listen to my, my poetry, if you will. You know, it's kind of the same way that there's a difference between a cardiologist and a family doctor. A cardiologist is a specialist. Like your heart, you need your retirement to last you a lifetime. Nice. I like it. What do you guys Very think? Good. Yeah. On point. Do you on want point. you want to put that on a poster in your in your office, there, Merkel? And frame it. Good. <laughs> I was hoping that would be a good way to sum up what we're going to talk about today. So here to guide us through this podcast is Rochelle Smith. She is the producer. Rochelle, what are you waiting for here when the world opens back up? The movie theater? Is that what you're most excited about? You're yeah. a big movie buff. I am. However, all the movies are pushed off basically until yeah. the fall right so or even they, though they're opening what are we gonna see i wondered about that too or they released them you know straight to yeah straight to what are they call it straight to tv or straight to stream yeah. yeah so it will be interesting to see what's in the theaters but i thought about you when i heard that the theaters in some areas were opening up um sean what about you as the world opens back up what are you excited about mostly just to hear what can i get for you right i mean have somebody uh you know there to serve us and, and probably just find an outdoor patio enjoy the weather um enjoy some social socialization with some friends and, and family and that voice you just heard that sean honkamp he is an investment advisor representative and a cpa at merkel retirement planning and you know what? i'm not even going to ask merkel what he's uh, excited about <laughs> because i'd rather talk about the thing he's not excited about so lauren merkel certified financial planner retirement planner and guys guess what he is he's a part-time construction worker <laughs> I was one, wondering where you're going to go with that. Yeah, I'm not excited about that. So, tell, so, you, so you decided in the midst of, of, of working and, and helping families retire that you would also work on a project at your house. How's that going for you? Yeah, that makes sense, right? It's very, very correlated activity. It's going horribly as expected. <laughs> so I have now torn off most of the drywall, actually about half of the drywall of the repair area. And what's uh, the repair area? Where? where uh, Predominantly every part of my house except for the basement and the kitchen. Oh my goodness! So I got I got a couple bedrooms, bathroom upstairs. I got a bedroom, bathroom, and a living room that I'm. So I got the living room ceiling and the walls torn down two nights ago, and uh, so insulation is hanging. It's it's the it's the shoot in insulation is hanging from the rafters, oh. and you shut the door a little bit, and some of it will fall down. Um, it's it's a pain. It's not good right now, and and the thing is, I don't have a drywall guy lined up because I'm doing the demo. I'm not doing the the. I'm not putting it back together. So so if you were to line up a drywall person, you you wouldn't want them till about 2022, right? Because well, under normal timelines, <laughs> this timeline is going to be much more advanced. So here's the deal: I got to get the rest of this stuff out. It will be done by Saturday. Oh, it will be the done man by has set a deadline. Okay, we'll be I, looking forward to that. Then I got to get the electrician in. Then I got to get the uh, insulation peeps in, and then I got to get the drywall people going. 
So, so. Sean, he's a bit of a DIYer. DIYers. Um, do you find that when people are planning their retirements, <laughs> that sometimes DIYers like Lauren uh, get a little bit tired of all the things you have to manage? Because, you know, like the electrician and the drywall, you have to manage not only income, long-term care and health care. You have to manage taxes. I mean, there's a lot to manage and sometimes doing it yourself, it's just, it's too overwhelming. Yeah. A common thought we do here is that, you know, maybe I'm starting to enjoy this just a little bit less every day, right? And, and maybe there'll be a point in time where um, they, they don't want to be the DIYer anymore, or maybe they do have a life event. I, I, I liken that myself a little bit. I, I grew up on a farm. I've always liked to get my hands dirty. We like to tear things apart as well. I've always changed the oil in our vehicles, yeah. right? I mean, it's no cheaper. I'm not saving any money. It's just something I know it's getting done right and getting done the best way because I'm doing it myself. I am enjoying doing that a lot less than I used to. I, I was the same way. I, I uh, Ever since I started, ever since I had my own vehicle, which is after I graduated college. So I was 21 years old. My dad taught me to change oil many years before that. So I just always changed my own oil. And as I got older <laughs> and life got busier and there's all these other things flying at me, that was one of those things that dropped off. Uh, and I find that a lot of other things uh, in life that you like to do, otherwise enjoyed to do, also drop off. It's just apparently the home remodel projects have been. <laughs> and Lauren, uh, I just want to tell you that sometimes the professionals who do it, you know, day-to-day, full-time, they can do it a lot quicker than the uh, DIYers Quicker, and can. you know what? At the end of the day, I think a lot of times, maybe even a lot cheaper. Right? <laughs> Your time is valuable. Well, the time and the redos and the mistakes and, you know, just you put all of that. Not only do you have a better product at the end of the day, sometimes it ends up being cheaper with the professionals and certainly the time savings is is quite abundant and, you know going back to this industry though i had a conversation uh this week actually it was this week with a, a big time do-it-yourselfer right he's always done his own investments he's, he has all of his money at vanguard which is the the place that do-it-yourselfers go because it's low cost um and that's just what they like right they have the investment options that they can select from they don't have to pay a whole lot for it um but he recently went through a, a heart condition and mortality is starting to set in for him in his mind. And, and he looks at his wife, and she doesn't really have any interest in any of the planning, the investments. She know He knows, she knows, they've had these conversations now multiple times. If something happens to him, where is she going to be? So he told me this is his opportunity for them to find somebody that they trust, to find somebody that they trust that not only right now he has not the level of interest in doing it himself, that what he always has, but he wants to make sure if tomorrow he's not around, then his wife is taken care of. They both want to make sure of that. So they're, they're using this as an excellent opportunity to hire his succession plan where they both have input and they both can can determine the level of trust that they have and confidence that they have with the firm that they hire. Yeah, and that's the real value in a retirement planner. It's not just about one piece uh, of what getting you to and through retirement's about. It's a whole comprehensive look. So let's go ahead and break that down because what we really want to do today is make sure that you understand the difference between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. We want you to know when you should have each one of those specialists on your team. We want you to know the difference. And if you're currently working with someone, we're going to give you some tips that, and some questions that you could be asking that person to figure out if they're an accumulation advisor or a retirement planner. And Lauren, to set the stage for us, 
there are very few people, very few advisors out there that just focus on retirement planning. Roughly, there's about 470,000 advisors across this country and about 6% of us do the retirement planning, which means 94% of advisors out there focus more on the accumulation side. Now, that's not good or bad. It just is. There is a need for an accumulation advisor. What our main takeaway for, for when we talk about this on the TV show, when we talk about this on, on the podcast or we write about it, it's you need to understand that there is a difference between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. What are those differences? And recognize what phase of life that you are in and then make sure you have the right specialist on your team. That goes back to your open, Molly, with the cardiologist, right? You, you might have the best relationship with your general physician. You might know you have been working with your general physician for 30 years. They know every single thing about you all the way down to your grandkids and what they like to eat as, as, as it relates to the flavor of ice cream, right? But when you have a heart condition like this gentleman has that I talk to, he's not going to his general physician and say, put do heart surgery on my right. heart, right? He's going, going to the cardiologist. To the cardiologist. That cardiologist has a whole team of specialists that's working on behalf of you. And that's how we view retirement planning. There's so much that goes into it. You get one shot to get it right. You don't have as much time to make up for the mistakes that you do in the accumulation world. So make sure that you have the right team on your team for which phase of, of your life that you're in. So Lauren and Sean have some building blocks in front of them, and that's going to be our visual cue here inside the podcast booth to kind of help us uh, talk about the difference between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. We did this on our television show. It's called Retiring Today, and you can watch what and see what this looks like by going to YouTube and looking for the Merkel Retirement Planning page. We go a little bit more in depth with some of the things that we're going to talk about in the podcast and a little bit different content there, and you can see what it looks like. But here on the podcast, let's get started. So uh, or Sean, rather, you're going to take on the perspective of the accumulation advisor and Lauren is going to take on the perspective of the retirement planner. We're going to talk about uh, the differences. So first, we're going to talk about the relationship, how the relationships are different between the two. Sean, what's the relationship like typically with an accumulation advisor? You know, you've got it right, Molly. The accumulation advisor is really going to be way more transactional focused or transactional based. Uh, most individuals, if they at some point in their life choose to work with an accumulation advisor, Commonly, that's going to be somewhere in their 20s, 30s, or 40s. And at that stage of life, they may be thinking about um, things like from an insurance program or coverage standpoint, is the time right to get some term life insurance? Should I maybe have disability insurance to protect my ability to earn an income? Um, from an investment standpoint, it's should I open a Roth IRA? Should I open 529s? Can you help me review my allocation within my 401k at work? Um, the summary there is really very transactional items. Okay, the relationship with a retirement planner, Lauren, is much different. It's much more strategy-based as opposed to transactional-based. So the relationship is going to be uh, more centered around how do you mitigate the impact of taxes uh, as you take income for the next 20 to 30 years in your retirement? How do you make sure you don't run out of income before you run out of time? Uh, the long-term care uh, risk, how do you mitigate it? Uh, products are not always the way that you mitigate those types of risks. It's about having a plan, a coherent plan that works well for what it is that you're concerned about and what it is that you're trying to accomplish. So the phone calls that we get uh, from a relationship standpoint are significantly different. The conversations that we have are significantly different because this is a different time frame in people's lives and they're trying to accomplish something that's significantly different. So we have consistent dialogue with our 
clients, with the families we work with, we might be talking with them. Some Sometimes we talk with them multiple times a month, right? It's just depending upon what phase of their retirement plan they're in, what we're trying to implement. But instead of uh, talking about this transaction and that transaction, we're talking about this strategy and that strategy. Yeah. And I often think about it as a big mental shift from all those years of saving to spending, which can be really hard transition to make. So the accumulation advisor is, is in this, in the saving years. So the investment strategy is much different. Yeah, when it talks about the investment approach, again, a lot of times it's about how much, you know, or it, am I saving enough or how much should I be saving into my 401k if you're fortunate to have that through your employer? And then maybe what other buckets can I go to? It's less about maybe the type of specific investments and less about, you know, forward thinking. It's more of in the moment. Okay, I'm doing 10% and I'm getting a 6% match through my employer. Um, you know, we still have extra cash flow. Where's the next bucket or financial tool that I should go to, you know, like a Roth IRA. And then mentioned it before, maybe it is, am, am I, am I taking an appropriate amount of risk or the level of risk that I'm taking within these investments? And don't you think in those accumulation years, you're less worried about that market volatility thinking about the current market environment. We've seen swings like we haven't seen since the great depression. If I'm 20, 30 or 40, I don't like seeing that 401k, but I don't need to use that 401k for 20, 30 or 40 more years. So I'm much less concerned. Yeah, there's less conversation around, you know, maybe the impact or the risk of the downside. We know that when we have time on our side, you know, whether we're seeing the markets go up or down, we're winning, right? If they're going down, we know we're buying every two weeks if that's how often we're getting paid. So we're dollar cost averaging. So it's okay if we're buying low. Um, but if it's going up, that's ultimately we want what we want to see too. So we're celebrating when we see those balances increase as well. And as we talk about, again, the difference between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner, when you're talking, Lauren, with your retirement planner about those investments and that volatility, those conversations are, I don't much more important because you're really close or you're already spending that, that savings. In the pre-retirement through retirement phase, the conversations are definitely much more risk-centric, right? How much risk are you taking when we go through ver very bad times in the market, like what we've seen this year? How would your portfolio react? How would that impact your immediate plans if you need income uh, or if you need income within a relatively short period of time? How does it impact your your longer-term plans? I mean, whenever we go through these volatile times, people people's lives are impacted because, Molly, like you mentioned, it's not about your 401k plan getting cut in half. It's about your lifestyle potentially getting cut in half. It's so it's significantly different. When you're in the accumulation phase, are you concerned about risk, market volatility, movements? Do you like to see these types of things? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's not going to be life-changing. So what you're primarily focused on is the level of contributions that you are making, right? You want to make sure you're funding your retirement accounts, your investments at a level to accomplish your goals, but you're less focused on what is the actual market, what is the impact the market's having on your, your overall portfolio. And, uh, and, and so when you get to the point in time where you're shifting over from the accumulation to the retirement time frame and in retirement, now it's how is your portfolio reacting is much more important. Let's talk about taxes and how you kind of talk about taxes with the two different types of advisors we're contrasting with the accumulation advisor. Uh, Sean, does taxes, is taxes a big part of the conversation? <laughs> Generally, no, it's not. And I was I, honestly, that's, that's funny they brought that up because I've been thinking about that recently where even myself as a CPA and now as a financial advisor, I don't know that I spent very much time at all in my 20s and 30s really thinking taxes. And now I sit here and go, 
what the heck was I doing, right? I mean, I, uh, you, we just aren't doing that. Why should we wait to do tax planning when we're in our 50s and 60s? We really shouldn't. So it, it doesn't get talked about it very much. I mean, it does in the context of a Roth IRA. Uh, but, uh, you know, people understand Roth generally. That they're aware of Roth. Maybe they don't understand it, but there's tax implications with Roth. We understand more and more commonly now that 401ks have a Roth election option available. So I, it's becoming a little more common, hopefully. But I guess the thing I'd stress is the sooner you can start thinking about taxes and being intentional with what you're doing, the better. And maybe in the accumulation years, we think more about write-offs, maybe business write-offs, what we can do to write off. But then when you retire, you know, a lot of those options go away. So that tax conversation with a retirement planner is, I think, so much more advanced. You're looking at several years of how you're going to tackle taxes and, and really a lot more complex. I think that's so true, Sean. And I think that has to do with a lot of people are focused on how are we going to get the most out of our income today? And when you're in your working years, that translates, right? You you have income coming in, so you're focused on the deductions, Molly. You're focused on things that you can do to improve your income today. But now you're in the retirement years, you're still, the, the mind, mindset's the same, right? How do you increase and improve the income that you're getting today? But the strategies to increase that income are now significantly different. And when we're 20 years old, 30 years old, we're not forward thinking. We're thinking in the moment. Uh, and we're not thinking about 20 years from now or 30 years from now when we're going to need to live off of these assets from a tax standpoint and how to increase uh, spendable income. So it would behoove the younger generations to incorporate tax planning within their strategy, but oftentimes we don't think about it till later. So now our conversations are, how do we make up for all this lost time? How do we make up from all this lost time from a tax planning standpoint? How do we push, push pause on a lot of the other things that we're doing and focus on how are we going to get more spendable income from the resources that we've saved? And a lot of that is focused around creating tax diversification, taking our pre-tax monies that we've never paid taxes on, that we're going to have to pay taxes on at some point, and turning it into a, a pot of money that will provide us more income later down the road. And those that's where the Roth conversions uh, and a lot of the other strategies that we talk about come into play in the retirement year. So a lot, a lot of it, unfortunately, is, is playing the catch-up game because people just let it go for so long. Yeah, when we're younger, we, we wait for that tax return to get completed, and then we feel like we won or lost, whether we got a refund <laughs> right. or owed something, when really that's after the year's over, we had no planning. We, we, were, we weren't intentional at all. So, uh, yeah, the sooner we can start getting intentional, the better. Yeah, so for the younger generations out there listening, I mean, if, if you're paying attention to your tax diversification, how powerful for you. Now, you also have an additional opportunity because you do have some more – uh, some additional tools to use to create additional tax diversification than what the retirees and pre-retirees did today. So you pre-retirees and retirees listening, you you were kind of handcuffed back in the day because you didn't have something called a Roth. I, I mean, that didn't get created until 1998. And there was a lot of income restrictions, not only as far as who could contribute, but the level of contribution you could make. So it has been a challenge for today's retirees to accumulate meaningful wealth. Now, that's not an excuse for you going forward. That's an excuse for you looking backwards. But going forward, you still have a lot of opportunities to create that diversification, utilize the tools that are now available to you. It's just a matter of implementing the plan and executing it appropriately for you. 
you mentioned the IRA, and now we're going to talk about the ways that the two different types of advisors get you to your goals. And Sean, for the accumulation advisor, a lot of times it's a product-driven driven way to get you to the goals. Yeah, they're going to talk, uh, that relationship with the accumulation advisor, they're going to talk to you about more of a product standpoint. Again, reviewing your 401k, looking at Roth IRAs, other vehicles to save. Um, we touched on it before, maybe reviewing your insurance program. What should I be doing at this stage of life in my 20s? 30s and 40s. One way that we commonly will split that up is there's a there's an offensive side and a defensive side, right? Offensive side, save save as much as you can and try to do it in the different uh, financial tools that you have available. The defensive side, again, we're not, you know, we can't control everything in our lives. We never know when an unexpected or unplanned event may happen. So play some defense, think about life insurance, think about disability insurance. And the the approach for a retirement advisor is much more than just products. It's comprehensive, many things working together. Yeah, many things work together to accomplish what it is you're trying to accomplish, specifically within the insurance realm. Now the focus is transitioning from maybe disability coverage, potentially life insurance coverage, to long-term care coverage. Many conversations uh, are had with pre-retirees, retirees about their concern for long-term care risk. You know, it's at this point in their lives that they might have had some siblings go through long-term care. Uh, they might have some parents go through long-term care, and they firsthand learn how expensive that is, and they see firsthand how that can destroy retirements. So that's where their sh- their concerns shift to. Uh, when you're retired, you don't need disability policies. So, and when you're retired, a lot of the debts are paid off. So they they have all these legacy life insurance contracts. Perhaps now they're evaluating: Do we need them? Um, are they going to use life insurance from a tax shelter standpoint? Where there's a lot of different types of conversations that involve so many different moving parts. Uh, as opposed to just, do I need life insurance protection in case I pass to pay off some debts, make sure my spouse is okay, or do I need disability insurance to protect income that, that I had in the past? And I wouldn't underestimate, I think, again, something I think we doesn't get enough attention in our 20s, 30s, 40s. We don't uh, value the human capital, the fact that I'm going to go earn my salary every year for 40 years and earn whatever dollar amount I'm getting paid. There is a lot of value to that. The only reason you're going to have a successful or safe or secure retirement is if you are able to set aside and save money for a certain number of time frames. So um, don't underestimate the value of you being able to go to work 40 hours a week. Think about you know disability insurance and, and how that is so valuable in your financial planning. As we think about the retirement planner and kind of the cardiologist analogy that we're using, the cardiologist has that extra training, right, to work specifically on your heart. Well, a retirement planner and a retirement planner's team has additional training too, specifically in the areas of Medicare and Social Security. You have up to 81 different options when it comes to electing your Social Security benefits. So how how do you decide what options are going to be the best for you? The medic as thick as the Social Security legislation book is Medicare is even worse. So weeding through all of those different options. Now there are some wonderful resources online for you. I mean, particularly if you go to SSA.gov and you look at the social security rules online, it's going to be incredibly insightful. Sounds like a great read. I can't wait. (laughs) Call it up right now, guys. If you know how this system works, right? Particularly, you have to know what FRA means and PIA. Not only what the I fell asleep. What 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 the what they actually are, how they're actually defined, but how do you apply that to the legislation? And then how do you apply that in a meaningful way to your life? 
and your income plan to determine how you're going to get the most out of it. So it's incredibly challenging. Uh, so you can spend a lot of time going through those different resources and walk away with nothing except for feeling a little bit more rested because you fell asleep, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's challenging. Uh, and the best experience, of course, we do our academic studies. Uh, you know, the CFP is an incredible program to go through to obtain that. Uh, Sean's going through the RICP as well as I am, or consistently trying to learn and get better but that alone is not enough. So it's the hands-on practice, right? I've been doing this for over 20 years. I've skinned my knees a lot of times. And it's through those types of experiences that you really learn the ins and the outs, what works, what doesn't work outside the academic world as well. And here on the team at Merkel Retirement Planning, we have a team member dedicated to healthcare and Medicare and learning all of the ins and outs so that she can work with the families and individuals that we help plan retirements for on this specifically. Her name is Anne Marie Morrow. We did have her on the TV show Retiring Today. Again, go to YouTube, search Merkel Retirement Planning, and you can see the episode that we did with Anna Marie Morrow. Back to the difference between an accumulation advisor and a retirement planner. And next up, we're talking about fees. Sean, what do we need to know about an accumulation? advisor and fees. If you're going to choose to work with a professional, you should understand how they get compensated. And there are some differences. There, there can be some similarities, but there can certainly be some differences between the accumulation advisor and the retirement planner. The accumulation advisor is going to have more of a transactional based compensation where they're going to earn commissions, right? The accumulation advisor is going to help you accomplish some specific event or transaction and that is generally how they will get compensated. They'll get paid a commission from the carrier of that, you know, term policy or life insurance policy and things like that. They can also help you manage money, again, when you're in those 20s, 30s, 40s. So they may be able to, you know, uh, earn fees in that way as well. But again, uh, the, it is going to feel and look different than what the retirement planner is going to help you work on and be focused on. So how do the fees work with a retirement planner typically, Lauren? Typically with a retirement planner, certainly a fiduciary retirement planner, it's going to be more of a percentage of the assets that they manage. Uh, what that does is it puts, puts us all on the same side of the table, whereas if we're charging a percentage of your assets, your, your assets grow, then the dollar amounts that we make increase with your portfolio and your portfolio decreases, then the dollar amounts that we make decrease as well. But more importantly is the transparency. How much are you really paying? Do you understand what you're paying your advisor? If you have to ask your advisor what you're paying, uh, and it's other than you just forgot, right? You already had the clear conversation because sometimes that happens. I mean, you talk about so much. Sometimes it's said, it's talked about, it's agreed upon, but then they just forget. But if, if you've never had that conversation and you feel bad because you don't want to ask your advisor, even though you really want to know, I mean, you should never be in that type of position. All advisors make money. You want your advisor to make money. You want your advisor to be successful. That's the only way your advisor will continue to be able to help you on your missions. It's just it needs to be clear. It needs to be transparent on what they're getting compensated. And then it needs to be appropriate for the service that they're, that they're providing you as well. And to elaborate on that transparency point, again, in your 20s, 30s, 40s, when you're working with that accumulation advisor, if they help you manage some of your money, they may direct you towards a mutual fund. It's very common. Most people end up in mutual funds in their accumulation phase. So when they do invest in mutual funds, a lot of mutual funds have a sales load, right? A lot of times you may or may not even be aware of that sales load, but that is how your accumulation advisor would get compensated in that type of scenario where they direct you to, um, all right, here's an appropriate amount of risk. Here's a mutual fund company that I believe in. Let's you know open your Roth IRA and, and put it in mutual funds. If there is a 5% sales load on those mutual funds, 
the accumulation advisor is going to receive a portion of that as their compensation. Let's talk about the clients that retirement planners serve first, because you know some accumulation advisors do serve pre-retirees and retirees, and then we'll, we'll talk about who maybe would be a better fit, but we know who retirement planners serve, Lauren. It's pre-retirees and retirees. Anything more we should know specifically on that? We, uh, we serve pre-retirees and retirees, you know, so essentially to put a little bit more detail around that within 10 years of retiring, it's kind of that red zone to retirement that you really need to start planning that transitional phase. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And the sooner that you start, the better prospects you have to accomplish what you're trying to accomplish in the most efficient and effective way. Uh, but then also we're looking for those who, uh, understand the need to have a plan, a plan in place to accomplish those goals. It gives them a path, a roadmap to how to get there with uh, the least amount of wrong turns as possible. So that's that's really the, the individuals who we serve that we work with are those within the pre-retirement retirement phase who understand the importance of having a retirement plan. And Sean, maybe a better way to say this is when is it best to use an accumulation advisor? When would you say this, this is when you should have him or her on your team? Anytime you're going to choose to work with a professional, you sh- you're in the position where you get to decide whether that's something you want to pay for or not. So value is in the eyes of the beholder. So you may reach a point in your accumulation stage of life where you feel you need a professional. You want to talk to somebody about different financial questions, you know, whether it again, is it, am I saving the right amount? What about risk? Um, College for your children, even, you know, again, those different phases, mortgages. Yeah. And so people, again, choose to not utilize an advisor in the accumulation age or stage or ever. But again, uh, you've got to understand, hey, I, I, I'm at the point where I feel like uh, I, I need somebody. Maybe you wake up someday and you're, you start when you're 22 and you're saving $100 a week into your 401k and you wake up at 45 and now I have $500,000. Okay, this is big boy money. Do I need to now have a, you know, somebody, a professional, somebody I can lean on to help make sure I continue to do the right things? Okay, so people listening, maybe let's first go with people that do have someone on their team right now, but they're not really sure if it's a retirement planner or an accumulation advisor. What tips do both of you have? What could they be asking or looking for from that person to help them make that distinction? I think a a clear way to understand what who you're working with, which again, we get that a lot of times is what does the approach look like? I've spent some time as an accumulation advisor in my career. So if, if, if the advisor considers you, you a client when you transact an event, it's going to be more, much more transaction focused. That is going to look like an accumulation advisor. If you're talking to a retirement planter, planner, they're going to be talking strategy, right? It's not going to lead with, hey, do something. And then we're your, you know, then we, you become our client. It's going to be hey, here's what the value we can add. Here's what a plan looks like. If you're at a point in time where you're ready to have that plan, that's when it, we, we both, both sides can choose to say it makes sense for us to work together. Also, a retirement planner should specialize in retirement planning. So you can ask questions like, what does your typical client look like? And they give you an, an idea of what the client looks like and it doesn't fit the situation you're in or the phase of life you're in, that's probably an indicator. Or if it does, that's a positive indicator. Um, one, one key t- takeaway to look for for their response would also be, do they have a typical client? 
right? Again, you want them to be a specialist. So if they don't really have a typical client, they're just working with anybody who knocks on the door, that's probably a good indication uh, that they don't specialize in the phase of life that you're in as well. So those would be just a couple quick, good questions. And another one to add would be look at their practice. What do they have? A accumulation advisor, a lot of times it may just be that one person, right? And they might be working at a, uh, you know, larger shop where they're a career agent. Um, you look at uh, us here at Reti- Merkle Retirement Plan, we, we have about 16 team members. We talk about all the different principles that we cover within a comprehensive plan that can't possibly be accomplished through one individual or two. It, it takes a full team. Yeah, to properly service, uh, to develop, implement, and execute uh, a retirement plan, it does take a full team. So one individual, uh, f- firms with just one or two individuals, it t- typically is not going to uh, provide the type of plan that you're going to want or need as you go to and through retirement. So look for that team approach also. One place you can get more information is through a complimentary online workshop. So you can go to Merkle Plan, that's M-E-R-K-L-E plan.com and check out which workshop applies to you, whether you're on your journey to retirement or you're trying to boost your retirement. Plus, we're adding a new online workshop that we're excited about here at Merkle Retirement Planning. Lauren Merkle, tell us all about it. I'm extremely excited about this workshop. Uh, David McKnight is going to do a workshop for us, for our, our clients and anybody who likes to listen to the, the message that we have about retirement retirement planning. We expect this to come out within the next three to four weeks. Uh, we'll make it as available as we can. If you don't know David McKnight, look him up. He's an he's authored a number of books. The The la- latest one that I really like is called The Power of Zero, where, where the whole premise of this book is let's pay the least amount of tax on our retirement money as possible. Most pre-retirees and retirees have, have gone through their journey saving on the pre-tax side because they didn't have a lot of options on the Roth side. Uh, but now it's a matter of how to fix that. What strategies can you put into place to pay the least amount of tax on this pot of money that you're going to have to pay tax on at some point down the road in a historically low tax rate environment like we're in now with probably an increasing tax rate environment, especially with all the stimulus and relief packages coming in, the debt that we already previously had in the books, our tax prospects could look dire down the road meaning that right now our tax brackets range from 10% to 37%. Historically, that's extremely low, and that that 37% goes back up to 70% like it was in the 80s or 90% like it was in the 50s. That's going to have some big implications on retirees' income. So the the webinar is going to be focused on let's pay the least amount of tax possible on this big bucket of pre-tax money we have, strategies in order to do so as well. So extremely excited about that. So go to MerkelPlan.com to look for the McKnight online workshop or any of our complimentary online workshops. And we also hope you'll continue listening to this podcast. It's retiring today. And we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Who's going to get down first, Lauren? Probably you. (laughs) Uh, Lauren takes a casual approach. When it comes to this kind of stuff, <laughs> I got one dozen. Oh, it's not about getting through it; it's about getting better. Sean, the Sean a week ago decided he was going to do the RICP, and all of a sudden he has his first test done. <laughs> I've got two done. <laughs>
Wow. You have two done? You, you took the second one? Tuesday. No. Nice work. Knocked it out Tuesday. Good job. So I am. Well, so I'm going to be done first. <laughs> and you've only done. <laughs> definitely winning. Done one. He's got two. Wait, when you schedule. I've done two. Oh. I've done two. When did you schedule your third? That's not scheduled yet. Oh, I got a chance. Is <laughs> <laughs> your schedule? No. <laughs> Ah, we should play some bets on this one. Oh. <clears throat> oh, okay. I'm going to mention Anna Marie. 